Okay, would you really call the Mustang incident an accident? I think it was like... She was fucking around on her phone. Testing. No, Testing. I didn't. The car... Literally. <laughs> it was two miles per hour, and is it really an accident if... Uh, it's, it's over 300 bucks. Testing. I, I spent over 300 bucks on but it. But I fixed uh, I fixed a stereotype. Mustang doesn't hit you anymore. TC hits Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So you're, you're on Team Mustang then, trying to clean it, clear up the name. Something like that. All right. Or I'm just you know putting the TC into the dirt with the with the Mustang name. Yes. <laughs> this is why I'm afraid for a GTR. The fixes would be much more. I would expensive. care about a GTR. I've given up on the TC. Then we just keep the TCs your daily, and on the weekend you can try not to destroy the GTR. Sounds good. All right. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Episode 114 of the Roads and Traveled podcast, and we finally get some damn Americans on this bitch. <laughs> I think it's our first first ones. <laughs> that sounds hilarious to say, but yeah, the first ones. <laughs> yes. I'm happy to pop your guys' cherry for the American card. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yes. Grayson, what's going on, man? Not much. You're here. Grayson, as always, got James in the house. What's going on? Renick Performance, uh, as well as Arena. From uh, Cadillac and uh, the streets, something like that. <laughs> that was a bold introduction. The streets. He's all OG. <laughs> we've been building quite the music collection since we've been down here, and we uh, almost we had oh. a CD all queued up, perfect song selected that we're going to play at the beginning of the podcast. But every time we go down to Venice Beach or like the gas station in Crenshaw, there's some Rastafarian Jamaican guy like giving away CDs, and they like signs them for you for like a dollar or two. So yeah, we had like a collection going on. Our friend Jesse was here like two weekends ago, and he accidentally bought one. Um, that guy was a little bit misleading. But um, I last night or uh, two days ago, there was a guy. Um, it was like ten o'clock at night, and I was at Shell in Crenshaw, and I got a CD. So we're gonna make it kind of our theme music for LA. Love it. Um, it's Christian Rastafarian <laughs> music. I never heard the two genres combined, and it's pretty bad. Well, anything uh, that you don't already know about, you can probably find in Venice if you don't think it exists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the same city where you have to pay a dollar to pet someone's dog. What? Is that, that's a real thing? Oh, yeah. People get so upset. I went over there maybe like six months ago. Right. Somebody had their little chihuahua sitting on a bench. And I'm like, oh, cute dog. I pet it. And the guy, like, starts shaking the tip jar. I'm like, uh-huh. the person I'm with is like, now I have to give him a dollar because you touched his dog. That's like whoring out your animal. Like, it is. Pretty much. It's exactly what it is. Because if you can't do it to yourself, you might as well do it to Paco. <laughs> <laughs> the Chewy's name was Paco? We call Chihuahua's Chewy's. He That's accurate. To chew toys for big dogs. You could honestly make some good money doing that. Just get, like, a unique animal. I just go get like a really big fat rabbit or like iguana. You know, like, who the hell wants a pet an iguana? <laughs> like, you'd be surprised. People walk around in Venice with like six foot long boa constrictors and articulate pythons and stuff around them, and people like, oh my god, seriously? Awesome. Yeah, a chicken in a bikini with a giant python around her. People are gonna look at her and want to pet the snake. It, I, yeah, it just yeah. You see, if you if you I don't think it exists, it exists scenario. in California, <laughs> man. <laughs> I had a theory of borrowing dogs, putting tutus on them, and having them dance in Venice Beach for money. But, you know, nobody ever let me borrow their dog for that. No, no. You know why? Because it's going to end up on YouTube, and yeah. <laughs> they're going to get shit for it. It's like animal abuse via ballerina and tutu. Like, HSPCA is going to show up. Like, reclaim your dogs for abuse. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, welcome, welcome to California and all the weird stuff. You know, they say... Thank uh, you. 
say we're uh, we're weird. We definitely got some weird stuff here. Yeah, but yeah, we've seen some shit. It's not like anything else, though, huh? No. I mean, no. our car scene is out of control. Our food scene is out of control. Our vice scene's out of control. I mean, we're the king <laughs> of wine, alcohol, and weed. Yeah. So actually, I think you guys are in like a, I think we're neck and neck with BC on the on the weed subject. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You guys. I wouldn't know, but you guys got in it way early compared to our government. Uh, well, yes, but it's legal here and it's not legal in Canada yet. So really, well, recreation passes July first. Oh, Mark yeah. is just going to explode further. You guys are going to be importing our stuff. We're going to be importing your stuff. It's going to go crazy. That's good. That's yeah. A good thing. Yeah. You're you're kind of like the gateway for roads and travel into L.A. Like, oh, I am. I'm okay. going to give you that credit. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> why am I the gateway? <laughs> well, I slept on your uh, couch or floor or whatever oh, yeah. last year. Yeah, last year during the, the the only time of the year that we got like a gazillion inches of rain, oh. and we had high horsepower cars. I mean, the only reason that worked out really good for shooting was the Raptor. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, no dust. Yeah, no dust. And we we got that awesome rock on the other side of the river of him going by. That yeah. was a great shot. That was a blast. Yeah. So, yeah, man, a lot's, a lot's changed. I mean, for Rennick Performance in one year that you've been gone, um, Matt and I have grown the business like crazy. And, I mean, we were only at like 525 horsepower. Now mm-hmm. we're touching mid-sixes. And then right about the time you guys are gone, we're going to be in the 750. And then by the end of spring, when, when Posh gets us all of our fuel support for the mechanicals, we're going to be near 1,000 in that little car. Yeah. So smoking aventadors along the way. How no, we've, no problem. GTRs. Irene and I have, have done that this year. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a fun one. I wish we, you would have been in the back seat. You you guys would have loved that. So we Yeah. Could, we probably could have done it with four people in the car, honestly. Yeah. So we want to start keeping tallies, putting little decals on the back <laughs> of the car and uh, just tallies of how many Lamborghinis, how many GTRs. That's actually a really good idea. Because mm-hmm. then, it, yeah. and it would just encourage people, other people, when they see you, to want to race you. Yeah, look, let me get at that. Yeah, yeah. right. They smoked an Aventador. Yeah, that'd be so funny. It would be super blue and red light bait. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, they'd be like, <laughs> "Huh? You think you're badass, huh? Well, check out these lights." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's stock, sir. I swear. <laughs> so wait a second if if you let's say you have like a loud ish exhaust on your car and you get pulled over by like chp or something can they just tell you to open up your hood and like they'll just like look underneath and well you kind of have to pick your battles on that one because no you don't have to open your hood mm-hmm. but here's the thing visually if he's certified on on certain vehicle code items he's gonna write you tickets and right here we don't run with run plate uh, front plates a lot everyone has tint like the CTSV is is murdered out, mm-hmm. you can barely see out of that thing. Uh, I run paper plates on everything, and then if you even have so much as a modified muffler, they're gonna give you a fix a ticket for it. Or if they want to be really super special and they think it smells a little, you know, a little rich, they're gonna throw you a state ref ticket, and you got to take it to a guy who's certified in order to say, hey, this isn't right. Your car is not road legal, and that's a pain in the ass. Right. So your car basically becomes a garage queen until that happens, and you even have a hard time getting it to the ref. So yes, there 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 is a there's a target on cars like Hondas, older JDM cars, things that they think are ricer, you're gonna get stopped. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, those people also kinda embody the true street racer. I do crazy stuff and shut down, you know, uh uh intersections and stuff at night. That's what cops really don't like. 
Yeah. So they're going to pull your fart can over. Right. Where if you're kind of American muscle and you're in the right lane and you're chilling and you're super legal with modifications, there's something like Murica, like like yeah. horse-headed American about it. And they're like, hmm. I might pull it over just to see what's up with the car because I have something similar at home. Yes, yeah, just to appreciate it. Yeah, just to appreciate it and then give the haggle the guy a little bit and then I'll let him go. That's that's my personal opinion on law enforcement here locally. Right. CHP being the worst when it comes to vehicle code violation where they're going to do something for your modifications or something minor. But local departments, municipalities, county, unless they're on a motorcycle, they don't give a shit. And they're all car guys. I mean – who doesn't love cars here? I mean, yeah. like, tell me yeah. about your experience. I mean, how many crazy cars have you seen here? Sunset GT, Newport Beach, the Paganis. I mean, what's your take on this? I mean, when we hung out with Mike Tran at Pagani, like, what was going through your mind? Uh, it's honestly, it was like, it's, it's a completely different, it's like stepping onto a different planet, or it's kind of just like stepping into, honestly, like a movie of some kind, okay. right? Well, because the whole thing's different. Like, we don't have palm trees back on. Like, this is what I'm saying. The whole environment's different already. And then to see this, like, one of three um, Zonda, Barquetta, was, like, it's insane. But, like, also, like, other people, like, famous people live here. And, like, people actually <laughs> store their cars here. Like, right. nobody's going to yeah. store a car in Vancouver. Because it's like, what, I'm going to fly to Vancouver and drive in the rain for a weekend? Like, no. Yeah. But, like, you know, you have, like, you know, I don't know if we're allowed to say names, but, like, we've seen garages with some very nice kind of high-end cars in them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, like, you know, they don't, um, those people don't live here, but when they fly in, they want something to drive, so their car's ready to go. There's, there's a lot of that where people – because, one, well, there's kind of some reasons for that, too. And, I mean, Matt and I actually – and I've been talking to Reno a lot about this. We have to move because there's a relentless war on two things – Making money, which aftermarkets and enthusiast companies cannot survive in the niche that it is without being able to make money. They're going to tax the living hell out of us even more than we are, and that's coming in the next you know, 12 to 24 months. But number two, which is just important, we have the most out-of-control uh, emissions board in the world that's yeah. really setting yeah. the trend. And, and it, I mean me knowing some of the top guys that are engineers from in General Motors, Ford, Bosch, Siemens – the combustion engine is already at the point where it's in its last 1%. And, I mean, we're just chiseling little zero zero point somethings out of it in its carbon emission footprint. They are so clean today that the impact is, is only really the stuff that's coming out of the ground. So if you look at the modified cars in, in a scope of per capita of what's really out there, it's, it's nothing. It's minuscule. And they're even trying to go after racing now where they want high-flow racing catalytic converters in order to even enter off-highway use tracks. This is out of control. <laughs> I mean, but then if you're a company like me and you want to go certify your parts, you're looking between fifty-five dollars and $150,000. Oh, uh, oh, Marcus, you want, you want to bring us your intake? Oh, that's nice. Do you already have an account with the state? Oh, you haven't spent a certain amount? Uh Get ready for 24 months of waiting. Well, in 24 months, the car is already replaced with another car. Mm-hmm. Your product can't be California sold, but some big guy like K&N or some of the bigger boys in the group, they walk in with 18 different part numbers in one week, slap it down and go, hey, uh, here's our fee. And right. then they get their stuff. I'm not saying it's unfair. It's just like everything in life. Bigger you are, more you can pay, more you can play. But California has no want or desire to work with performance aftermarket. So then you've got states like Arizona and Nevada – 
in Texas. Texas being like, that's our next trip. You guys want to go to Texas? I'm yeah, not, Texas two K. Yep, I'm sorry, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm down. I'll give a shout out to to Mike Franks Jr. and Mike Franks from uh, the uh, Cadillac V Club in Texas. They, uh, I, I can already tell you that they would be more than happy to to. to Show us hospitality, Texas hospitality, and have us down there. They've, they've, um, Junior has uh, invited me many times, whoever I want to bring to come down there and see it. Texas 2K next year would be awesome. I'm mm-hmm. sure I could get you guys some contacts at the V-Lab to do the, the Cadillac Racing V-Lab for three days. Right, right yeah. around that time. Yeah. At, uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, Circuit of Americas, dude. That's oh, no way. Seriously? Three days. That's like a bucket list track thing for me. That track is amazing. It's smooth as a baby's ass. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the bumper areas, the runoff. I mean, it's a true Formula One track. I'm going this next year, so it would probably work out great. You guys coming down? Even it, I think they do it three times a year there. Mm-hmm. But dude, Texas is Texas is very very much the same as California, and a lot of people are fleeing to Texas or Nevada because the emissions aren't as and like for, like you were saying for parts and stuff. Well, I mean, registration in in Texas, you own your own plates, mm-hmm. and it's eighty eight dollars a year, from what I understand. Flat rate, eighty eight bucks. Doesn't matter if you have a P one or a nineteen seventy five diesel F two fifty, it's eighty eight bucks. Mm-hmm. So you go in for your uh, safety inspection, they give you the stickers that go on the windshield, you're good to go. I mean I'm not a Texan, I'm, I'm sure there's some Texans out there that are like, That's not how it is. <laughs> right. But anything's less complicated than California. Yeah. So I mean like you've been in my in my old my O six Duramax truck. Yeah. Just take a guess at how expensive that truck is to register every year, because it's diesel. Oh God, I have no idea. Take a guess. Eighty, eighty-two dollars. Six hundred and forty bucks. Jesus, and it's eleven years old. <laughs> so now, when you're saying you have to register it every year, like, what do you mean? Like, we don't have that system like that in Canada. Like in Canada, you have to renew your insurance, but that's your insurance. You're saying that there's a registration fee separate from your insurance. Yeah, you have to pay the Department of Motor Vehicles for the registration, which goes to road tax. Well, it should. Um, it gets deferred other places. Yeah. Um, non traceable. Yeah. You know, it gets deferred in midnight, you know, knock, knock meetings at the state legislature level. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly. Um, That's a word we like to use on the show often. Allegedly. (laughs) In California. Um, you also have to go get it smogged every year. And when you buy a new car, you have five years with no smog, but you have to pay every year. And then after that, it's, uh, every year registration, a smog every year. And it's uh, just a way for them to get more fees out of you. That's crazy. So, like, yeah. Because, I mean, you have to buy new plates in Canada. You to, yeah. So, if you want new plates, you have to spend the $25 on new plates. But I'm, you can keep the plates forever. Right, yeah. You don't have to actually give them back or you don't have to like, re-register your car. Yeah, that's strange. Our plates are owned by the state of California. They're not our property. So, we pay for plates that aren't ours. Well, I mean, that's that's the same in BC. <clears throat> Probably. We okay. don't. We do not. You're not allowed, like, some people with... Uh, because uh, like they're really strict up in BC on front plates. If you don't have a front plate, you'll yeah. generally get a ticket within like a few weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people uh, will cut their plates, right? So you just have the numbers on the mm-hmm. front, so it's a little bit smaller, and they'll pull you over for that uh, as well. Because it's you're defacing government property. Well, it's the same as money. You yeah. can't cut money. Yeah. Like, even if it's in your wallet, you can't take money out and rip it in half because it's destroying government property. I I've heard all the all the all the stories from you guys and my, uh, my stepdad from BC and it, they, they're, they're hardcore. Like, uh, I think I was telling you that when I, when we went over to my stepparents place for my brother's birthday, um, Kelly was telling Marina and I that, uh, they're doing, uh, uh, on your guys' bridges, the task force for the bridges for the racing. And they're going to just start taking the exotic cars. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like I would call that, a. 
like a it's like a task force initiative where mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna make injunctions on people and go oh you're racing on the bridges well well cool we know where you're gonna come out on the other side so we're just gonna take your quarter million dollar car and yeah. have a nice day it's yeah. now part of the british Colombian government so you guys are hardcore up there i don't know how you deal with it especially rcmp out in the middle of nowhere kelly was explaining how ruthless they are it's like bored and want to pull you over that's why we're here (laughs) honestly vancouver pd like honestly it's not too bad um but the moment you go into more of the rural remote areas of canada and you have like rcmp just watching the roads and highways those guys are assholes like the worst i've heard is in ontario Ontario, like my grandparents are from Ontario and they get hassled all the time. He's like, my grandpa's 85 years old. They're not speeding and they get pulled over by like the highway patrol or like they're not highway patrol, it's RCMP, but Uh just because the guy's bored and he wants to give people hell. See, that's, that to me is a bad representation of what law enforcement's purpose is. Um, That's not good public. That's really not good public interface. No. Because that just makes somebody at the... There's nothing worse than a than a 75-plus-year-old human calling the department, wanting to talk to a lieutenant and going, I have been haggled every single month by these three guys, and I drive five miles an hour under the speed limit. You're like, how mm-hmm. embarrassing is that? Like, yeah. And then you don't want to work with them. You don't want to stop and help them. Like, at least here, for the most part, I mean, there's some bad apples everywhere, but law enforcement, in, in my, my opinion, is very professional in California. Uh, we're very lucky to be in a state that uh, requires over 900 hours of training for an entry-level police officer. And liability in human human ethics is really a big deal. Being in, I mean, the the learning domain to be able to teach young officers how to deal with people. It's very specific because it is a California was one of the very first states with New Jersey. New Jersey is another state that follows our curriculum. Um, we kind of make it together, uh, from what I understand that we're service-oriented government and being rendering service to people and aid and help is is the main goal so i mean i don't know if you know this i mean if you guys want to go back east this coming year i've got some contacts back there that are that are big into racing as well Uh, all the cops and sheriff in new jersey and a lot of areas in new york they're all emt paramedics that fire is not they send Uh in the officers to help people so when officers arrive on crash scenes or somebody's racing and they get they get hurt. The officer's usually the first to arrive because he's available and he can render all the life saving efforts. Where instead of like here, we're waiting for a fire truck that's stuck yeah. in traffic that can't get around a Hyundai because they don't know what red lights mean, so they freeze up and then you die in the process. So yes, I mean yeah, you, you, medical aid here is kind of a problem with with our traffic, even in the emergency lane down the center. I'm sure you've seen in L.A. cops run code to every call. They're always lights and siren on down the emergency lane and they freak out when people are in the emergency lane turning because they freeze up. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there've been a lot actually. Yeah. We've had a couple times where we see like, you know, a fire truck or police officer or ambulance coming down. Uh, and we're like, well, how is this guy going to get through just like in the middle of Hollywood during rush hour? There's, there's no way. Well, it's, yeah, um, it's- USC, um, university of Southern California, right down yeah. the road there. Um, it was, we're kind of entering the university. I was driving. Mm-hmm. There were like, um, there's two lanes in each direction. Both lanes were full in each direction. And there's a fire truck or an ambulance trying to get by. So I was at the back and then people are honking at me like, cause I can't get out of the way. And it's like, mm-hmm. where am I supposed to go? <laughs> like, yeah. I can't get up on the curb. I can't go forward anymore. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how the actual like EMTs do it. Like, it, especially here. It's dangerous. I mean, running code here is, is 
it's dangerous. And as you know, a lot of people are head up ass driving here. I mean, for the most part, people are pretty good, but there's a lot of head up ass drivers here. And yeah, just, we've run into some just idiots. Like total idiots. Like a, and you know what? A lot of people, especially around here in LA, uh, at night, no headlights, yep. no oh, taillights. Nothing. Like scary shit. Mm-hmm. See, like, that, like, that's something we've you, talked about. You never see that in Vancouver. Like no. people well, running no can't. headlights. Well, you can't because everyone has running lights. And that's what I don't understand. Why don't you guys have running lights? Yeah, it's... Right. I it, mean, you have them, but it's not... Like, on cars, they're not automatic. The only other place in the country... I can't even say the country... There's really no other state I've seen as bad as California when it comes to non-operable lighting. Because all of us, we, we drive fast, we drive fast cars. We're driving fast at night with no big moon, like not a you know, nighttime sunlight going on. You're going to come up on that car so fast. Mm-hmm. And where, where are you going to go when you're side-by-side with a car racing? You're going to hit the car. <laughs> like You're not, you're not going to go into your buddy in his C7 Z06 or something like that. You're, you're just going to hit the car. You're going to kill yourself and kill the occupants. I mean, and it's their fault for not having uh, running lights or some type of marker light to let us know from far away so I can have a safe braking distance that I'm coming up on an immovable object that I'm going to hit at you know, 140. So RIP James Rennick, you know, <laughs> died while racing Marcus. But... Clo- closed course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Death by Honda. Like, yeah. just like... Death by Honda with Baja California plates. <laughs> like that's, a, that's another thing. Um, we get a lot of – I've seen a lot of it more lately. Um, plates from south of the border uh, that they just have a lot of non-op stuff and they're really impunitive. Like you can't. You can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Our law enforcement here can't it can't like take it them. Can't say, hey, you know, you need to go fix your headlights. Yeah. They're just gonna go. I'll be out of here in two days, so I don't really care. You can't write them a ticket. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's um. Why can't you write them a ticket? Uh, it's a different country. The ticket doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's just like if you got BC plates, an officer here writes you a ticket. I'd be arrested. What are you talking about? If I um, this has happened to people I know, if you get a ticket mm-hmm. and then if you don't pay it and you go back home, if you try to cross the border again, they put a warrant out for your arrest. They'll arrest you next time you try to cross the border for an infractionary ticket. Yeah, for speeding. For like well, speeding. I mean, like speeding. I've... Yeah. Um, now we have I have like parking tickets that I've had on the trip so far. You just ignore those. Those shouldn't be an issue. They have, they have <laughs> my VIN, but I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to get new plates. Mm-hmm. So they can't really track it. The only way they'd be able to track it is through my VIN, but I'm going to take a piece of cardboard and put it there so they can't see my well, VIN anymore. Well, your guys' VIN is actually a little different than ours, if I'm not mistaken. You have an origin number in your VIN that, that's Canadian. Because I know that bringing a Canadian car, like I know somebody that tried to just bring a Prius over right. the border yeah. because she was moving back. Well, you know, in Vancouver, <laughs> Why? you sit in traffic. It's like LA. <laughs> she hates Priuses, man. Don't Who get her doesn't? started. She's like... She, if she, she's got like this Russian inner demon that comes out where she wants to hang out the window with an RPG and yell Russian <laughs> nasties at Priuses and just blow them up. I feel like maybe you lost to a Prius at one point. Is this where this oh, stems from? Mark is talking shit on the TC. Stand I just by. want to hear the origin story. Let's be real though. Even Prius drivers don't like their Priuses. Priuses are deceptively fast. Says who? From well, zero I to mean, twenty. I mean, like, they, they, <laughs> they, have, they, they have some pep. I mean, right off the line, like they definitely have some pep for a car of that caliber. And like, you know, if you compare it to like the Honda Fit or something like that, which is in its well, price range. Well, yeah. I mean, at that rate, my Nissan Versa is just as fast as a Prius. Yeah, 
I would much that, rather have a Nissan Versa over a Prius. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it, do, it does Absolutely. have like a hybrid. Like it, it has like a battery in there. So like off the line, it's you can hear those Energizer bunnies going. There yeah. you go. <laughs> now the leaves start falling off the tree, but you know you can regrow those. All that lithium, all those mines in China and child labor. <laughs> I, I rode in uh, Shane's um, Prius. That's his daily. So this guy we met up with in Temecula last time. Uh-huh. I filmed his WRX STI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he has like now it's a 600 wheel horsepower, and his daily is a Prius. It's actually smart. I was telling her like, <laughs> we're gonna get her a GTR this coming year, and because they're they're so getting jealous. they're getting really affordable here compared to what they were for a hundred and nine thousand dollar car, the second or third year of production, which I think is by the way highway robbery for that car. Right, you yeah. go buy a Porsche for that. I'm sorry, I'd rather have the Porsche. Me too. Uh, a little older, like a nine nine three or nine nine seven or something. But no, they're you know they're in the forties right now, uh, thirteen through fourteen model year for a GTR. Yeah, she's been doing her she's been doing her homework and wow. I'm looking on the auction end of it, and there's so many used units in the market. And if you look at it as a car that was bought new to lease, well, the two year lease because you're going to lease them because you can write it off on taxes. You're not going to buy that car. Mm-hmm. So many are starting to flood the used market. The car's out of production. I think is it out of production now? I think it's done right. I'm not sure. The last I, batches? I, I mean, if it's not, they should just stop. Like, they need it, to come up with... They need to take a couple... Bre- like, take a couple years uh, and come up with a new car. Is it seven or nine years old? I mean, I know she's an old bitch, but I mean, they need to kind of put her out to pasture. I think it's clo- It's probably closer to nine years. Nine yeah, years? Yeah, it's around nine. No, it started close to ten. Because they did the first reviews in Motor Trend. Yeah, what, 08, 09. 2007 08. against the Turbo S and the Z06, right? right. And then the new Z06 that wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. And they hailed it the supercar killer, right? Yeah, and that's what started it all. But that was a year before we even got it at the motor shows, right? Crazy fast around the Nurburgring, yeah. And now it's like way down the list. Yeah, it's even the new ones. Well, I mean, we were looking at the Nismo, and they won one hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars for like twenty-eight more horsepower and a carbon body kit. Like, no, I, I wow. like no. That's sorry. that's McLaren territory. Like, let's ex- be honest. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, which. On a different subject we'll get into, we need to sponsor you somehow to get get your ass, both of you, down here because you guys need to be in car mecca. But if you look at our our, our supercar used market, it's flooded. Yeah. We are flooded. We're like Miami or West Palm. It's just – it's flooded. You can get a 2014 12C with all the good <laughs> options, all the carbon blades and stuff like that for like 124000 bucks right now with like under 20,000 miles on it yeah. with full warranty from the dealer. Wow. And that's like, and that's like uh new 911 like Carrera S money, let's yeah. say, you know. And the warranty is unlimited miles in in McLaren, you can just re up it every year for 7 grand. The transmission is $19,000. Like why wouldn't you spend the 7 grand if you had the money? Like I'm not going to go buy a Porsche. I'm going to go buy this British thing, you mm-hmm. know. It's way mm-hmm. sexier, way faster. You tune it, you gain 100 horsepower and like 120 pounds of torque. Mm-hmm. It sounds amazing. Everybody goes, oh look, UFO. And yeah, <laughs> I still haven't gotten you in the in the HD tuning, sorry, performance McLaren. I've been trying to put that together, but it's just been in for warranty. It's all good, yeah. British cars warranty. All what's the time. electrical issues or what's going on? Well, it had a it had a, we took it to shift sector, and the car the car was really fast and be really slow. It was really fast, be really slow. It, hmm. It's got an operating system. That, uh, it's called Iris, and she's a moody bitch. And it kept saying uh, power system electronic failure. But there was no check engine light, but it was still fast, but it wouldn't give me launch mode. But then it would give me full full boost, but then it wouldn't give me full boost. It was it was a mess, and we figured out there was a faulty cam sensor in the car, which then created more problems in other places because it's British. 
Yeah. British is high maintenance. You say that British and car in the same sentence, you know, something's going to be expensive. Yeah. So warranty. <laughs> but. but they all kind of make like, I mean, British cars are amazing in their own right. Well, they, they just, I, I feel like the Brits, they're definitely on the right track and being, I mean, McLaren's an anomaly. I mean, we can, we can definitely get, this is a subject that's just, it's amazing to be in the time where, I mean, us all growing up, uh, I mean, we're all, we're all, uh, those three are really about the same age. We had Gran Turismo 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. And we all knew what the McLaren F1 GTR was, the orange one on the wall poster, and, you know, you'd see it, everything from Toys R Us to Walmart. I mean, we knew what that car was, Need for Speed. What mm-hmm. Everybody wanted the McLaren F1 GTR LM. Yeah. And now we get ro- McLaren road cars. Like, when I saw yeah. it in Auto Week, I was like, what? And th- they came out of nowhere. What? Like the M- McLaren? The, yeah. <laughs> dad, look! I was in the car with my dad, and he's like, oh, my God, I've got to get one. Like, <laughs> it's like... It, it, it just touched the inner kid of all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see them go from a company that had all private backing and they were in the red to a couple years in, they're on their fourth generation car basically, and they're in the black. I mean, they're 100% profitable. I mean, McLaren F1 is going to be their own team for the first time in since ever, I think. I don't think they're going to have a partner. They're in the black so much. I mean, they're mm-hmm. so successful that they couldn't build. Do you know where MSO, like how MSO kind of started McLaren Special Operations? No, I have just people with lots of money. Yeah, pretty much. They needed a wind tunnel. They didn't have money for the wind tunnel. I mean, wind tunnels are like, you know, 200 million. They're not cheap. Seriously? Yeah. The yeah. uh, real, like, wind tunnel to put the whole car in. I mean, you need to go to, like, an aviation aeronautical company and have it, like, contracted and bid and built. Right. Or, like, a government engineering company mm-hmm. and have it done. Well, I guess some like rich Amirati or Omani or uh, Bahrainian just was like, oh, well, I want an MP4HO. You guys don't make it. You guys need a wind tunnel. Here's a check. Like, just here. Mm-hmm. Build me the freaking car. Mm-hmm. You can pay me back in cars over my lifetime. And like, there comes the P1. <laughs> the so, P1 is. I know some like McLaren file out there is like, that's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. But. <laughs> Like, we welcome you to come on to the Roads and Traveled podcast. <laughs> we would all love to know the true, actual story and who it was. But, <laughs> dude, I, I, I really want to see you guys get down here. I mean, it would be awesome to have you guys here. I think you guys would have access to stuff. I love your channel. I mean, it's so cool to see somebody testing R34s and Supras. I'm, like, eternally jealous. And <laughs> come up to Vancouver. We'll get you in an R34 GTR. God, I, I, that would be, that'd be spiritual for me. I mean, you know my story from the R34. Yeah. The, uh, well, you're wearing a shirt. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am wearing an R34 shirt. Paul Walker's um, purchaser. Um, I'm going to keep names private uh, as mm-hmm. respect to the to the Walker family. But when I was a kid, we used to my dad being a Subaru dealer. We knew Motorex, and we had a Tommy Cura M20B and some other cars that we were looking at buying from them. Crazy, and it, yeah. it, just really cool stuff. And then one of our lead sales managers, his brother, was the buyer for. Um, what became AE and he used to bring in stuff with Paul all the time to our Subaru nights which was very much like the meets that you see today but only it was corporately sponsored by our dealership we had a very large aftermarket group we did tuning in-house we had everything in-house at, at, at the time this is between 2001 and 2008 when we, when we closed down our aftermarket due to California Resource Board actually emissions shut us down we couldn't even sell the parts we couldn't even stock them it was we were too much of a target for them to come and make money because mm-hmm. they knew we were a dealer so if you have money, they'll come to you and shake you down. That's pretty much how it is. <laughs> so one, one night, um, this particular person calls, calls me on my cell phone. I'm like probably 14, and he's like, hey, buddy, 
I'm bringing somebody and I'm bringing a car. It's right-hand drive with xenon lights. And I lost my shit. I'm like, you're really, you're really going to bring it? Like, oh, my God. He shows up in Paul's white V-Spec Type 2 Nur with a fully built Tomei motor, like 700 horsepower engine. And back then, I mean, just the car was flawless. You could right. eat off it. Color matched cage, everything. And I get in the car, and they take me down the 91 freeway, and I was just hooked. I was just super hooked. That's so cool. A couple months later, they invited me to dinner <laughs> at a at one of their houses here locally. They had the car, and they took me down PCH and up the 5 into Irvine and then back to their house in Huntington Beach. And uh, that has stuck with me, and that, that's kind of been like the octane flowing through me. And it's become worse since he's passed away that I really want that car because it, it's kind of like, you know, we all go back to that. We hearken back to that that whatever story it is when we're kids and go, mm-hmm. I just want to be that. Like, I just want that feeling back. Yes. Yeah. And that car, it's terrifying. Yeah. Like you've been in my cars. Yeah. No, no, no. That car's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Paul's car is terrible. It's the, it's the fastest car I've ever been in. And yeah. that's, that's even ranking it against like, I've been in, I've been in a Veyron. Right. I've been in a Vitesse Veyron. Nice. I've been in a big turbo F40. I've been in an Enzo. I've driven a P1. I've driven a... You've five driven s- a P1? I've driven a P1. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Newport Beach. Okay. Customer, friend customer of mine has a P1, and wow. it's a MSO'd car. Uh, and I told him, like, hey, man, my uh, my shop 570 that my partner owns, it's going to be faster than his car. And he threw <laughs> me the finger. And, well, our 570 is faster than his P1. So... Uh, I can put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, we saw a P1 go around the track once, and it yeah, it was like it was an Area 27 in a so uh-huh. like amazing track, brand new. Like I won't even to that. And it's yeah, it's it, it picturesque. Was, it was in recovery mode or something like that. Like something was wrong with it, so it dialed the power back to seventy five percent. And it That's was again. It, it was whipping nine eighteens. Like dedicated track cars. Like mm-hmm. it was it was the most incredible thing I think I've ever seen. Like. You have all these extremely fast million dollar cars going around the track, and then without hesitation, this like P1 just phoom, was like, yeah, it was impressive. The P1 has a visceral experience that I can't really even begin to um, articulate enough about it to explain. Mm-hmm. There's something about the torque fill, and Harris Monkey talks about it, and I've been lucky enough to drive so many McLarens. I mean, my parents have a couple of McLarens and Aston Martins and different British cars, and then we got our shop car. And but the P1 has something to it where there's like a spiritual animal to it, like the F40. There's just such a spiritual animal to it. And when the torque fill comes in, there is nothing like that feeling in any of those cars. I rode right seat in a 918, mm-hmm. a Vysok 918, and it, it it's just too sterile. It's too numbed for me. Yeah. I love the way the car looks, but. I also I rode in a 918 for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. We did like a launch and then kind of went around the block and came back. Uh-huh. And I would definitely describe it as sterile it, as it's, well. It's very it's just very very German, you know. Yeah. It's just very German. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> not that the 918 yeah. isn't unbelievable. I love me a good Porsche 918, but there's just I mean, it's like you were saying around the track. And the P1 buyer is a guy like us. That's that's come up in business, has made money, or it's a it's a girl like Arena that's like, I know exactly what I want. I'm a car chick or a car guy, and this is what I want. I want this car because it's freaking raw. There's no sound deadening. You hear every rock hitting the pan. Mm-hmm. And when those turbos start doing the and they just pop off, I mean, they're right behind your head. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the motor is only like 14 inches from your back. Yeah. And it's like that on all the monocell cars. So Needless to say, yes, the P1 is probably my favorite experiential car I've ever driven other right. than uh, Paul's. 
And yes. Let me make a uh, distinction. I did not drive Paul's car. Yes. Yeah. I was too young. Yes. <laughs> but I was in the right. I was in the left seat actually. So, yeah. Um, for those that you don't know, yes, R34s are right-hand drive, not left, and they never made them in left-hand drive. No. People so, people will argue that <clears throat> that they made a few. We've had that in comments on our videos. Well, like, oh, they made you know like a handful left-hand drive R34 GTRs. I've I've never seen in one. the production numbers in mm-hmm. the history. Get like super nerd here on the R34. Supposedly there are seven to nine left-hand drive cars that were made by Nissan for homologation to Iceland and Norway. Wow. Why we've never seen one means no. they probably don't freaking exist. So, and where are those VIN numbers? No one's ever been able to produce the VIN numbers. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. Yeah, possible. And it must be worth a, if they do exist. Must they must be worth a decent penny? That's for sure. If anybody has them, they're all in Dubai, because Dubai. A lot of people don't know this. You can't bring a right-hand drive car to street use in Dubai mm. or Saudi. It must be converted to left-hand drive. That's wow. why there's so many left-hand drive conversion kits for the R34 now, because the Arabs wanted the cars. They didn't care what it cost, so they 3D scanned all the dash in the interior and then swapped it to left-hand drive. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how they, they did it. I mean, even seat brackets and stuff to get more adjustability on the left-hand side. Yeah. So my kudos to, to our Arab brothers over there because they've done a very good job preserving that car and keeping it homologatable for the U.S. if we'll ever freaking get them. Knowing our luck, they'll just like change the 25-year law like – you bring in any car, fuck the R34. Except for the R34. <laughs> yeah. We're still mad at Motorax. <laughs> fuck the R34. Can I oh cuss on this? God. I don't know. No, you're good. I'm good. You're right. good. We, we've said some uh, questionable things on this show before. And if we say anything that we got to cut out, I've got to uh, – we'll just make a note of it. Yeah. We so, say uh, any names. Quiet, quiet girl over times. here. So, uh, Arena, what's going on? What, you, you, what's okay up? Over there? You're freezing to death? No. No? In your snow parka? <laughs> it's like 20 degrees outside i'm out it's like 10 p.m in a t-shirt it's awesome la is so great i'm sorry sir in the united states we use uh, fahrenheit not celsius america uh, america i don't know i'm good it's nice and warm over here <laughs> arena have you ever ridden in uh an r34 no i actually GTO. have not no s15 sylvia no okay do do you like would you okay? Let me ask you this: Would do you sway European, American, or Japanese? Generally speaking, <laughs> I like my JDM. JDM, okay, yeah. cool, cool. That's yeah, I think awesome. the R34 would definitely be a, an amazing experience to have. Mm-hmm. But you know, because everything is illegal under the sun out here, it's a little bit difficult to do. Yes, yeah. Um, we'll try to get if you guys aren't able to come up to Vancouver. Well, you guys should definitely come up to Vancouver at some point. Um, but our uh, friend of the show, Charles, uh, he recently, I think back in December, shipped one of his R34 GTRs to Laguna Seca to do the uh, GTR days or whatever it is. So he sometimes brings his car down here. So next time he's down here, I'll try to link you guys up. Oh, that'd, oh, that'd be, be great. Awesome. But, yeah. There's, it's, I'd actually like to talk to him because I want to buy a car in Canada and keep it there with do somebody that, that can yeah. keep it plated and homologated and registered and insured. Because I don't want the car to sit not insured with uh, what's what's the insurance um, ICBC ICBC. Yeah. I want to keep insurance on it, so if like the warehouse burns down around it, at least I can buy another one. Well, yeah, you, you can get a storage insurance, so it's like a fraction of the cost. And then if in case if somebody breaks into it or mm-hmm. like you know a building burns down, it's still covered. I, I would I just arm it with every policy possible. There's a particular car I want to get, and she and I have talked about it because she ultimately one of the things I love about Arena she 
totally supports the the addiction to cars. I mean, she's just like, you want what? Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, let's do it. You know, she's just like, it's, I mean, a, it's illegal. Oh, I'm way in. I'll be borrowing it like four out of the. I'll never seven see days. the car. Yeah, I'll never <laughs> see the car. It's the, cool. The one that I can get into the United States, um, I can get a NHTSA exemption. You and I were talking about this when you were shooting the caddies. Mm-hmm. Um, is the uh, Midnight Purple Twos and Threes? Right. So they made 300 Midnight Purple Twos, 300 Midnight Purple Threes, and uh, that car because it's a ultra low build quality or um, qu- not quantity quality. quantity um, NHTSA will give me, which is uh, NHTSA, or basically like our DOT for the on a federal level, not on a state level, will give us an exemption and bring it in. Well, if you have that NHTSA exemption for a purple one, you can go to the state of California, give them the car as it is, and say this is a collector's vehicle on a NHTSA exemption. As far as I understand, there's some better pros at this than me. CARB takes the car, inspects it, looks at it's all stock, and may tell you, hey, I need you to throw on – California Resource Board qualified, cats, whatever Tires it is. And, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. And we'll let it. They're really worried about air management. It's really what it is. And they'll go, you're only allowed to drive this car 1,000 miles a year. Wow, yeah. But they don't check it. And then they give you a plate that's, that's emissions exempt because the car won't talk to the star system or smog system. Mm-hmm. So all, we, Arena and I have talked about all this. So if we can get our hands on one, there's actually one in BC. It's a VFX artist. He brought it from New Zealand. Really? I want to buy that car. Like, I could never see it again. <laughs> yeah, what? I've ne- She'd freaking just hit somebody over the head and be like, I'm going to the border, babe. Bye. <laughs> you should – like honestly, <clears throat> there's not enough people um, considering the 100% guarantee that if you get an R33 GTR or a 34 mm-hmm. GTR now up in Vancouver, it is guaranteed that thing's going to be worth double the value uh, in you know three to five years even. Yeah. Not to mention 10 years. Uh, there's not, from what I can tell, like from people we've run a, come across, there's not enough people doing that. You know, get, bringing in R33s and R34s mm-hmm. as investments. And S15 Silvias, not to mention. Watching uh, Gunet, which is uh, Yahoo Autos, basically. Um, we've, I mean, in the last 24 months, it's gone from like 1,600 items down to like, there's 324. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the GTR was in the 30s, 40, uh, you know, 3 million, 4 million yen mark. Now it's in the seven to to nine, even no price listed. I mean, there's some like <laughs> gems yeah. out there that have like 14 kilometers on it, and it's like a NUR and it's Jeez. pristine, or yeah. like a M spec NUR in Millennium Jade, and it's like call for pricing, mm-hmm. cash only, because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they know it's not going to stay in Japan. Yeah, if somebody like her, you know, she's going to buy it and be like, "This is my baby." See, so. this is what the ideal scenario would be to import. Two, mm-hmm. so you get like a forty to fifty thousand dollar R34 GTR, which is like the low, the cheapest R34 GTR, and that's like one that's been in a crash before, you know, yeah. has problems <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and then, so you use that and you just build it into your whatever track monster, whatever the heck it may be, just something you don't care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you drive all year round. R34 GTR in the snow, by the way, would be amazing. They're a fun car in the snow. I'm uh, sure, yeah. I have an acquaintance that owns one in New York. He brought it in years ago because New York will freaking – you pay your registration. They'll freaking give you anything. They'll register a shoe. Is it, isn't that care. the same as like Florida? <laughs> I've heard Florida's super chill about that too. Yeah, the uh, the dealer association – I think it's called the uh, FADA, the Florida Dealer Association, super strong. And they basically tell the US DOT like, hey, we're a confederate state. Like we're very much our own operating government. We don't take any money from you guys like Texas. So please just piss off and stay out of our business. Right. And – 
the Fed's got enough problems to deal with, cocaine, drugs, guns coming in through Florida. I hear that they don't even touch cars there because the state will be like, no, you came into our state, took something, like give me shit back. Where California would be like, they're in that house right there. When they raid you, they're like in full SWAT gear with guns and shit. Like the car is going to come out like Godzilla and eat them. I mean, they, they freak Transformers out. Transformers in real life. Yeah, they, they deal with it like it's like the crime of the century. But if you're selling meth on the corner, oh, no, what's, what's up, Bob? You selling meth? Oh, yeah, cool. We're here to get an R34. Yeah. Like, it's, it's all ass backwards. Top of the it's where the money list. is. Yeah. Sorry, what was that? Top of the priority list. Yes. Yeah. Stupid. Right yeah, under like, cocaine. It's funny because <laughs> you drive on the, We had a, what was that, a 2001 Forcer STI. Great um, car. That we yeah. got from Japan. is like five grand, um, like low kilometers, only like 60,000 kilometers or something like that. Automatic, and but. Automatic, but like pristine car, yeah. interior, like spotless. Like it was brand new. And I was just going down because I have a box, um, like a mailbox mm-hmm. um, in Blaine, Washington, just south of the border, kind of like yeah. half an hour away from my house. Um, so I'll have things shipped to there and I'll drive across. So I took that car and it's right-hand drive. I took it across the border and it's like you're trying to smuggle drugs or something like that. They get <laughs> so angry. And it's like, you know, like I just, you know, pull in and he said, what year is this car? It's like. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think. It's like, how? No, he asked me how old was this car. So I sit there, start doing the math. It's like, it's like it doesn't look like it's 25 years old. I'm like, it's not. And it's like, you know, we'll, we'll crush that if you try to sell that here. And just starts like going off. It's like I'm going to my box and I'm taking this car back home. <clears throat> like they do not like right hand drive cars down there. It, it, and it's that's it's, just real quick. That it was only my experience like one time. And like I go across all the time. You go in Nexus. I go in Nexus, but still, they they asked me like twice if I was going to sell the car. They make very clear that the MR2 we will or the cr- Forester, the MR2. Yeah, like they 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 make very clear that we will crush the car if you try to sell it down here. And I'm like no, and then after that, like they don't say anything. Yeah. But, but again, Nexus is different because you have a certain extra layer of. Uh, accountability you. Yeah. because you have gone through the interview process and everything like that. Like yes. when you're going yeah. through the border with just a passport, it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting climate, and I and I, I really uh, you know if any of the Motorex guys are out there, you know, thank you for screwing it up for us. <laughs> so, um, but it kind of makes them more special. Like when you guys start getting like R33 <clears throat> GTRs for you guys are just around the corner. You can actually bring a couple of them in already. The uh, the LM. The mm. Le Mans tribute car, the, the blue one, which I think is just super badass, but a lot of people don't like the Le Mans heritage, mm. uh, the painted-on emblem on the on the C-pillar, which, you know, I've talked about that before. I, I think that's, like, really cool and retro. Like, right. I'd probably get that ceramic proto, the whole car, just to patina the car the way it is. Like, I love that color, by the way. Le Mans blue is just, yeah. how, how much cooler do you get? You throw some BBS LMR gold wheels with a silver lip on it and open head studs and i mean you're set I mean, yeah that, that car is gran turismo right, right there. there baby i mean <laughs> gran turismo too with all grainy you're like am i going into a wall or am i driving straight yeah. <laughs> yep so but yeah i mean we're in carmecca i mean uh arena found her love for cars early on uh you were dog training weren't you i was you got you got to tell the story dog training gotta tell this story about mike and the in the aventador and how it just it it started that fire in in your heart for cars um I was training dogs for an inventor and working on the side for him, helping out with uh, his projects. Right. And um, he had a nice little collection of supercars. And uh, he saw how much I had an interest in them. So maybe like three weeks after I just got my license, he uh, threw me the keys to his Aventador SV. No way. Brand new. He he traded in his... uh, 
Get out of here. 2015 Aventador for the 2016 SV. Yeah. fully blacked out, Batmobile style. Um, Straight I, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I'm getting really jealous right now. Continue, but... Yeah, he let me take it for a spin. And uh, obviously, he didn't know that I just got my license. I wasn't about to, you know, pipe up and say, hey, I don't really know how to drive. But, you know, <laughs> you're giving me keys to Inventador, really so I'll take punched it. punched him in the stomach, took the keys and ran. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I took it for a spin, um, and he drove it on the way back, and he punched it on the freeway, and that was... I loved the acceleration. Mm-hmm. That was... That was the moment that I got hooked. That adrenaline. The V12. Yeah. Just everything. Yeah. Just going zero to 100, allegedly, on the freeway. There was no feeling like it. And then after that, um, test drove a couple more cars. He got uh, BMW i8. Then he got uh, 2017 Aventador S. And just driving all those cars and getting the feel for how much power... um, is in them and mm-hmm. how to handle them and just be around those cars. That was what really got me into it. Unfortunately, with a taste that has a million dollar sticker price, but it was definitely the best experiences I've had. So you, you basically went, you jumped into the, the deep of the, the deepest of the deep end. Pretty uh, much. Like right away. I went like full zero to a hundred, yeah. like yeah. driving my little <laughs> Nissan Versa with its uh, racing stripes on it, being super happy to, I need this million dollar car right now. That's mm-hmm. nothing like that for uh, motivation. Yeah, pretty it's, much. It's nothing like it. It's like the first time when we went to uh, on the Area 27 rally up to oh, a yeah. Soyuz. Here we are in uh, Mark IV Golf GTI and a Honda Fit <coughs> shooting out the back. We are just so, so thankful and grateful to be invited to this event where we're just walking around the cars, right? We didn't even ride any. Uh, and that was kind of like one of the first things that really stuck with us, but... That's super cool. That's a, that's actually insane. Mm-hmm. No, the first experiences are always the greatest because then after that, you're kind of just chasing that experience again. Mm-hmm. The first adrenaline of not even knowing how fast this car can go to being pushed back in your seat going like uh, allegedly 100 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no feeling like it. Yeah. She's her her whole story is awesome. I mean, uh, from time she was born on, I mean, she's not from the U.S. She's from Ukraine. And I mean, just. Her whole story is just, it's real. It's awesome. And she's, uh, she won't toot her own horn about it, but I mean, you know her from Instagram and she's got an incredibly loyal following. The link will be in the description, folks. Yeah. She's got a, <laughs> she's got a great following and, uh, she's, she's, she's a good person in the car scene where there are so many bad people in the car scene that should not represent what we are as responsible car people. And she, you know, she, recently stood up for the little guy in certain cases and she stands up to the big guys that are bad and she's really um she's just got a really cool character of herself and um she won't talk about it so i I will because she deserves the props and she's really made this awesome niche as the v-series girl i mean no one is paying attention to the to the v-series and how fast they are and she's kind of the forefront of this twin turbo and big big v8 American muscle and mm-hmm. I mean she yeah so I, I think you kick ass like it's really cool to see something different yeah and honestly from an outside perspective it, it kind of makes sense how when I asked you European domestic or Japanese you said Japanese um, it kind of makes sense with the twin turbo v6 like in the ATS mm-hmm. and stuff because Japanese cars generally like especially 90s cars are very they're very tunable right with the turbos yeah. and everything and there's kind of a similarity with that you're totally right twin turbo v6 I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I see it. She, 
she like her favorite car is the blue one that we built for suburban where she works and does all the marketing and uh she you know hey, that's my baby yeah that's her girl i love that color that that blue is yeah. striking it looks really good yeah so that's like what my mr2 would look like brand new from the factory maybe <laughs> <laughs> but after 20 years it's not it does not look like that when you come down here i'll have to get your car in with abe over at coat my car um and have him do his his paint restoration which is is just incredible so i um dude i, I love your mr2 by the way i'm a big fan that's a great car come drive it i uh, wanted to bring it down this time next time i'll try and bring it down you guys can take it for a spin that'd be rad i mean when it's uh, working we gotta we gotta get you guys down here, man. I mean, you guys, there's there's just like she and I were talking about this after our very first shoot with you guys is there's so much for us to explore with you guys and show you that we don't have a month isn't enough. No, we've like, we've kind of discovered oh, this. Well, yeah. we've been doing it for four years in Vancouver, and that's not enough to do Vancouver. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let alone yeah. L.A., which is like. I don't know, 15 times the size, maybe. Yeah. In terms of like the car scene and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like, we could be here for our entire lives and still have content to film. It's it's kind of interesting in the last five years in, in seeing you guys try to get here. I would say center in Orange County, don't center in LA. Mm-hmm. Because the, the traffic. The, not just the traffic, <laughs> but, you know, you're, you can ask Matt, ask Matt Subi this too. He and I have had a co- couple conversations about it, is that we're seeing. Car people are really going south. Uh, Newport Beach, Huntington, Costa Mesa. Even Laguna San Beach. Diego. San Diego yeah. is way cheaper because you can actually drive your car. There's the really big part of it. But number two, you don't drive your nice cars every day. So you need storage or a home that has storage enough for it. You can't do that in L.A. I mean mm-hmm. if you want to store a car, it's 1400 bucks a month minimum. I mean the storage business here is out of control because there is not enough storage. There's mm-hmm. just not enough. So there's even services where they'll keep them somewhere else, like Pasadena, and they'll bring your car in on Friday afternoon so you can drive it with your girlfriend over the weekend, and then they'll come pick it up on Sunday night and take it back to another city because we're just too saturated. And do you really want to sit in a single-clutch transmission event or SV in 110 traffic at 445 on Friday afternoon? That's called check engine light and clutch heat sensor throwing a code. That's <laughs> yeah. what that's called. And then a call to the dealer, it's going to be thirty grand. Yeah. So – if you guys come here, Orange County, I think, is really your your epicenter. And you've got all the aftermarket there. That's really where everything is – the stronghold is Orange County for aftermarket since yeah. you guys are into the tuning stuff. So, Yeah. I mean that's what we stopped by VF. They're, uh, How was that? They're in Orange County. That was un- unreal. Did you meet Alex Choi? Amazing. No. Uh, have not met Alex Choi. Um, ha- have you ever seen <clears throat> a, a unicorn come stay in Lamborghini? Uh, yes, actually, I have. It yeah, was covered in mud. Yes, um, he has a matching shirt to go with it. Oh, um, yeah. no. Yes, <laughs> he does. Matching shirt and shoes, just in case somebody couldn't tell that those I mean, two were connected. Yeah, hashtag Separate. branding, am I right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Separated at birth. What works, works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw his video doing the, uh, the, um, the donuts in the mud, and then him showing up to Sunset GT with the mm-hmm. car covered in mud. So it was, like, overheating because all the vents were blocked. and. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was funny. That's really cool. It's a really cool car. It's yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun in person, and it, it sounds amazing. And he does uh, stupid shit with it online, which is awesome. Yeah, like uh, daily driven exotics. Yep. Um, I just want to know how many miles are on that uh, Lamborghini. That's mm-hmm. all I want to know. Well, I mean, that motor, that 5.2 liter motor is just, 
it's just exemplary. I mean, you can run that motor for hundreds of thousands of miles. I mean, it really is a great motor because it was originally turbocharged. A lot of people don't know that. What? The 5.2 FSI came out of the B. I think the I'm not an Audi file, so somebody's going to correct oh, me. It came out of a right. wagon. I think the B6 Avant, and yeah. it was an RS6. That sounds about right. And it had a. I want to say it was the very first generation of dual clutches. But it was twin turbo 5.2 liter with like 730 newton meters of torque and all wheel drive and still one of the badass. quickest. Yeah, still one of the quickest wagons. Yeah, it, it goes down like, in history with a CTSV wagon. It's like those two are your unicorns. If you're going to get two grocery getting, you know, supercar stomping cars, you're going to get that that Avant and you're going to get the CTSV. Savage. By the way, that second gen CTSV wagon with a stick, a beast. It's like Thanks. too much car for the street. Like. <laughs> It, it feels it's crazy. It's funny that that like when you got in and we were talking about the power differences that you're like this car is just so fast. Mm-hmm. It's just not faster than a stock V3 though, and you no. would think it is. Yeah, you think it's faster, and it's nowhere as fast. The car is just raw. Mm-hmm. It's more analog feeling, where the V3 is refined. Yeah, I mean, which car do you like better? Do you like the V the the wagon, or do you like the V3 V8 better? Um. I haven't really experienced the wagon as much, though. Oh, by the way, we're going to teach her stick in the wagon. Yeah, she was telling us about that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't experienced the wagon too much. Um, From what I can tell right now, the V3 does seem faster. Okay. Even though it doesn't have the same experiential type of... It's not as angry. Yeah, exactly. The wagon's angry. Yeah. Oh, the wagon's angry. That being said, if I had to take one of the two, it would probably be the V3. Uh Uh-huh. But if I had to drive one for one weekend, it would be the wagon. The wagon. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... One second. I think we're getting feedback from your phone, to be honest. Yep. That was your phone. I was wondering what the noise was. (laughs) It was like, right. But yeah, Um, sorry. Continue. Yeah. The... The, the wagon, I'm sorry that the shift linkage was all messed up and she was sitting in storage and no, bad tires and pulled her out after like a year of just sitting in storage. But um, we're actually going to sell that car this coming week. It's going to go bye-bye. Uh, can, uh, well, I don't have enough shit. <laughs> I really want that car. It's about a, it's, it's about a, it's a little bit over a $50,000 car. Okay. In the US. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how those cars have kept value. But Especially <clears> the <throat> wagon with a six-speed. There's only 12 of that year. That were that were uh, produced. Are you serious? Yeah, twelve six-speed wagons of that year. Pearl white with black with white stitching. There's only twelve. Yeah, and yeah. we don't know how many have been totaled because guys who bought wagons were. You buy a wagon, you're a dedicated motorsport freak. Mm-hmm. Like the guys who buy AMG wagons and stuff, you're just a nutcase. Like you've got two baby seats in the back, two retrievers, and you're balling at 160 <laughs> down the autobahn. Like that's, that's we're all gonna die. We're all doing it fast. <laughs> like, we're gonna see that at the V event. Uh, black CTSV wagon with uh, baby seats. No, Serge Martinez's car. Oh, right? that's so cool. Is it? Or are you talking about the dentist? No, he's a cook. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's three black CTSV wagons here locally. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. One's a one's a SWAT guy. One's a cook, and one's a dentist. I Wait, think so. Yeah. You know the cook. You showed me his RSVP. Yes. I'm kind of a little unhappy that I double booked for this weekend, but the way we handle it. Yeah. Do we have to RSVP for this weekend? No, you're exempt. You're Canadian. Yes. Oh, <laughs> locals only have to RSVP. Just, yeah, only locals with cars. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, so. Uh huh. Yeah. What about Cadillac? You guys are like that's like that's your jam. Oh, well, you want to start on this? Yeah, I mean. Overall, Cadillac doesn't have much of a presence in the uh, aftermarket and performance industry. Mm -hmm. Talking to a couple of the people at corporate um, that are trying to change it up, they do plan on 
changing the direction of the investments to go more towards the V-series and to promote them a bit better and uh, support an aftermarket just because that's what's going to sell. That's what's coming. Every company is trying to get ahead in the aftermarket, trying to get ahead in their sports cars. And uh, after so many years, Cadillac's finally starting to get on the bandwagon with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I'm focusing on, specifically in Southern California, trying to get Cadillac into that scene and uh, just to show people that, hey, maybe this Cadillac's faster than... An Aventador. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that. Um, It's an interesting experience. Not a lot of people really understand how fast the car is or Mm -hmm. what it really is made of until they're around it and they see it all the time. And people get it mixed up all the time. They, oh, it's just a Cadillac. Yeah, this car makes 640 horsepower. What? A Cadillac? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only, the only real parties are th- that's comment that know what they are, cops and firemen. Right, right. It's, it's like the only people that know what they are. And, like, we'll go somewhere in the sedan here, which I want to give a shout-out to Dr. Claudio Bonametti, um, who's like, the genius that's made cardiology in the world what it is. Pacemakers, you name it. He's the inventor of it. He's incredibly brilliant. And by the way, savage motherfucker on a track. <laughs> he, he's like, it, he, he'll, he'll do laps at Infineon in, in Laguna Seca in our Lemons race car, which is a 318 Ti with our, with our peak CKS coilovers and sways and everything on it. Turner sways Sweet. and slicks. And it's bone stock with a fart can. And it's it's Eleven's twenty four hour race. Yeah, yeah. And he'll be he'll be like a tenth to an eighth of a second off every one of his lap times. He's just an animal. So mm-hmm. uh, love you, dude. Thanks for all your support this year. Um, Shout out. The sedan is his car. And oh, that, really? Okay. That car. I mean, he hounded me for like eight or nine months when we first started getting stockable items in, and Matt and I. And I was like, man, this freaking Italian dude, who like. He knows his shit, Matt, but we don't build cars. We're just a parts manufacturer. I'm not caving to this guy. Calls me back. Dex, like, I, I was like, how do you even know my nickname's Dex? Like, like, this guy did his homework. He's like, you're the only guy that knows how to work on these cars. I'm just going to send you the fucking car. And then you'll have to deal with it. <laughs> so he ended up bribing, like, like, talking me into it. Bought me a first, first class train ticket up the coast and picks me up at this train station. Takes me to lunch. Pays for a lot of, a lot of shit. And it just the relationship spiraled out of control with addiction from there. I mean, it's just like, you have what? Water meth? I'm in. Charge my card. Like, like you have this? <laughs> do that? I'll do that. And I just do everything it costs for him. But, and sometimes I just try to comp, comp it. But his car has really led to some very wild R&D. I mean, mm-hmm. the car makes over 600 horsepower. makes over 600 pounds seat of torque. has a short gearbox in it. It's, it's only a 178-mile-an-hour car in eighth gear. I mean, it's... it's Seriously? Yeah. How is that? It's, That's like not even close to OEM. No, we put a 373 gear, gearing rear end in the 8-speed. Right. So. Oh, right. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah. I think it's right in the mid-170s, if I'm not mistaken, because even in 8th gear on the highway, it's spinning 3,600 RPM. So it's it's a half-mile car. It's really what we've designed it for, but it still handles like a Banshee. Mm-hmm. It's a little moody because the clutches and the diff are not meant for an automatic, so it's, it's a little more lurchy than normal, but nature of the beast. But, I mean, that car is going to have 750 horsepower in three weeks. And then that car is going to have almost 1,000 horsepower by the end of spring in a Cadillac. Yeah. yeah. Getting 24 miles to the gallon. Like, yeah. nobody knows this exists. No. No. 
You got you yeah. guys are on the front lines. I mean, I, let, let's ask your opinion because I mean, we're so submerged in it. I mean, yeah. do you see Cadillac becoming something that would be um desirable for people in our generation? I mean, are they still fucking up by the spades, which they have been. I mean, their marketing is like Oh, I'm going to go buy an Escalade and get a tailored pair of jeans that look like saran wrap and then a bowl of soup and a top hat. Like their their marketing is freaking terrible. It's like a dive of chocolates for cars. Yeah. And then everybody forgets that they've got a world-renowned racing team in GT3 and Pirelli World Challenge and DPR. Yeah. I mean, do you ever see Cadillac becoming something that you'd say, hey, I want one? If you didn't drive my cars, would you ever look at a V-Series? Well, the funny thing is, it wasn't that long ago that Cadillacs were really up there in terms of like popularity. Like the '90s, mm-hmm. like, the Cadillacs were like you know, if you had a Cadillac, you're living life. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of really special. Uh, that was, that's a tough question. Like, but they weren't performance they, cars back then. They were boats. You could drive through the Empire State Building and kill everything yeah. and come out the other side alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I. I think they need a bigger presence in media. Okay. Um, in what they, area? In, in lifestyle or the stuff that she's doing, like more focusing on performance? And, I, I'm thinking and, like movies. Like, you know, mm, you think, take influence. a look at um, uh, like Need for uh, not Need for Speed, uh, Too Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you, you have the, the Skylines, you have like all these cars that are like people obsess and drool about that I don't know would have if they would have the same reputation as they do now if it wasn't for that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like something you grow up watching as a kid. You dream about having, so the moment you get your license and you can actually start affording things, that's at the top of your list because you remember that when you're younger. Mm-hmm. I think that Cadillac is starting in the wrong section. Like They're trying to create a car for people who are ready to buy a car when they need to start kind of tailoring to a little bit of a younger crowd almost. Kind of like you need to get it out there so people like remember that car from when they're a kid. I don't know. That, that's what I think, at least. Yeah. No. Yeah. I to, to answer your question real quick, I would say yes, absolutely, they'll get there. Um, this is just we're like it's just the beginning. Like the ATSV in like specifically. It, first of all, their design is killer. It like the ATSV and the CTSV are um, unreal looking cars in my opinion. And for at least, I mean, I'm biased. I'm like a car guy, so when I see a striking-looking ATS-V, I know it's not a base model ATS. Okay. Immediately, mm-hmm. immediately, right? But again, a lot of people don't know that. I, I think that. I, I, so I'm I'm a huge racing fan. Mm-hmm. I don't ever go to it because it's something like if you're in the industry, you don't get caught at a race track because you test all the time at a racetrack. So you're just like, last thing I want to do is go to a racetrack. Right. But I'll go to Cadillac events when they're local, and. Cadillac has almost no budget to do things like Cadillac Corrals, which I, I tell her this all the time. They need to ditch the name Cadillac with the V-Series. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. You were saying – we talked yeah. about this on camera in the, um, in, in, the, in the car. In the ATSV, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, let's all communally t- chip in on this. I mean, if AMG – you don't say, I drive a Mercedes. I drive an AMG. Mm-hmm. Oh, which AMG do you drive? 63S. So not an S63. I drive a 63 with an S badge after it. Yeah. You're like, oh shit, man, you're hard. Like that's badass. All-wheel drive, 750 door. Yeah, you're cool as fuck. <laughs> you go into an M M location, or you don't go into the dealer. You don't go into BMW. You go to the M, like the M showroom with individual parking places for the M. All the leather on the wall. You are buying an M car. It yeah. happens to be a BMW, but you don't say, hey, I'm driving like the top of the line four series. 
Like, no, yeah, no, no, no. I'm driving an M4. <laughs> you don't say I'm driving a BMW. I'm driving an M4, an M3, driving an M5, M6. It's all that needs to be said. Yeah. So they don't make that differentiation. And if you go to the, you go to these events, the people that that were religious Pirelli World Challenge fans for the ATS VR, which I think the ATS VR is the coolest looking GT3 series car I've ever seen, other than the Porsches, and uh, the McLaren's pretty badass too, the K Pax car, but. Those people are like diehard. They love the V Series brand and they really recognize what it is. Funny enough, like thirty-five percent of the people that come and view, female, they love the V Series. So, Cadillac's not really doing a good job with that. They don't give any allocation of money to it, and they have all the success because they're with Pratt and Miller. Pratt and Miller, one of the greatest race car engineering companies in the world, and Cadillac doesn't do anything with it. If it was BMW, it's like, check this out. We just swept the field for a whole year and mopped the floor with their face. Our drivers right. are badass, and we're taking over. This is global domination. They like, put it out in front badass. of everything. Yeah, yeah, in front of everything. Ultimate yeah. driving machine. We center around performance. You're going to buy an M4, and you're going to have an X5 for your daily, and you're going to buy another X5 for your wife. So she has something like what you have, and it's going to be an M-Power family. Like, that's what people aspire to. I agree. you like... I want this, I want this, I want this. I'm going to buy this as my performance car, and I love it so much that I yearn for it all week, so I'm going to buy an X5. Or I'm going to buy a, I don't know, a G63 for my daily and have an SL, an SLS Black Series at home. Mm-hmm. Cadillac isn't cashing in on any of this. And people like us, I mean, we're kind of like our own, we're like our own little breed, I guess, right now. Yeah. People are like, why Cadillac? Well, because I just smoked you, dude. Yeah. Come, so. come drive one. Come like experience it. Like I, I feel like they're but they don't first... want to. They don't want to experience it. Yeah, it's like driving a fast yeah. Volvo. You ask me to go drive a Polestar with a big turbo and be like, "Sorry, right, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> you're you're kind of right. Like I, I would love to drive a fast Polestar, but you're yeah. right. If if somebody said that, you'd be like, "No, there's like ten other cars at least on, on the list in front of of Polestar yeah. that would catch your eye as like something actually inspiring." You know, kind of like the R34. It's yeah. See, I think the one thing that oh, one thing that they're missing is they need that holy shit concept car, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone that has they like produce. the R8. Yeah. yeah, I mean like the R8 of Audi, right? Imagine Audi but without the R8. Do you think it would be as impressive as a you know? You know, you got a really good point because people wouldn't take the S line package cars, the S's and the RS's, very serious if they didn't have a Halo car that's just an R. Mm-hmm. It's the top of the line. Yeah. It's their benchmark car. I mean, they have the mechanics. They have the engines for it. All they need is a body. They need mm-hmm. doors that do this, not this, right? Yep. And, like, like have something sleek, have something stunning and impressive. Now, a lot of people who will be buying Cadillacs will not be buying that car. But when you have that as the pinnacle of Cadillac, it just steps up their game that much more because it's part of their fleet. Yeah. I, I also think that they should abbreviate their fleet. They need a big big SUV, a light crossover, a fast sedan, and a fast coupe or, or a small car, like a three-series car. That's, yeah. That's sedan and coupe. M3 that's killer. That's it. Like nothing else. No like little like XTS and CT, CT6. Can just, yeah, like, right. Isn't there an the XTS V now? There's a V. It's a V Sport basically V-sport. in the XTS. It's it, like nobody's going to order it. It's 96000 Too many bucks. generic like, looking sedans. Just no, but sorry. Just I did die. See- I did see something interesting recently. Um, Cadillac is making a small attempt at to getting out there into television. So there is a show on Fox right now called APB. It's a detective show, and it's sponsored by Cadillac. 
So all of their cop cars are um, fully loaded CTSVs. Nice. That's actually really badass. And the show is centered around the performance of the car as well. Um, They have a bunch of ads for it, and they talk about the V8 um, and just how amazing the car is and the engineering behind it. So it seems like they're making their first step into trying to get the car into that light. That's cool. The bad part is that GM's really not doing anything with the marketing of what the show's doing about how the V gets the officers to the call fast and safe. Right. So you do the show, and then they don't pay you back with it. Like, guys, come on now. Yeah. And then it's... It's just it's kind of frustrating for us. I mean, in in a long term base, it's pretty good. I, I, in, a, in the long term, if they keep progressing with the V series, I guess it's good for us because the brand is you know uh, Matt Harbor, who's not here, here tonight with us, my partner in the business, and, and Bobby. Um, we have a niche brand that nobody wanted to touch before it got big. And of course, you know we're betting on that. We don't want to have you know, a niche brand forever. Right. But um, which I, I told you we're getting into the new Corvette, right? Yes. So remind me about that, and I'll tell you what we're doing. Um, I won't name the baseball player, but we'll we'll get into that. Oh shit. Um, we're we're just hoping it grows in the right way because I mean, you guys have both been in the cars. You, uh, Grayson, you drove the car too, right? No. You didn't drive the V3? No, not oh, yet. Well, f- please forgive me, dude. We need to get you in both cars. <laughs> yeah. You can just be like, yeah, dude, you're a dick. Uh, favorite, favoritism to Marcus over here. Uh, no bromance, man, okay? Just just pass it this way. Um, yeah, we'll get you in the cars this, this coming week. We'll make sure you get in all of them. And yeah, cool. We got the ATS back from warranty. That car is going to trip you out. I both hope so. Out. I hope so. It's so smooth, and it just bangs gears super yeah. fast. So. Um. Yeah, I brought you some little presents. Some little... Yeah, there's some cool things on the table right here. That I, I have one quick question. Speaking, yeah. kind of going back to what Grayson was saying about mm-hmm. the the Halo car. Right now in time, what would you guys consider the Halo car of Cadillac? Is it the CTSV or is it the ATSV? Because the CTSV is more of just a brute force vehicle, mm-hmm. and it's like a full on luxury sedan. Where the ATSV a little bit more nimble in the corners. What what should be what could like go on to grow into their halo car? Do you think? It really depends on the driver, but out of personal preference, I would take the ATSV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a smaller car; you can do a lot to it, and it just feels like I need a car to feel. For somebody that drives fast, weaves in and out of traffic, just needs a car to be nimble and to know the dimensions of it really well, and just to be comfortable in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, the ATSV is the car to do it. So yeah, it's not it's not as much of a handful as the CTSV. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just frustrated. Do you like the V8? No, no. There, there is no Halo car with Cadillac. Right. right. They've screwed up. Um, there is no Halo car. They don't have a Halo car. They don't talk about what the ATSV. They 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 literally screwed themselves. The ATSV. I mean made like 1,200 units a year between coupe and sedan, and no one knows what it is. The CTSV is piggybacking off of its Generation 2 um, little brother, but that was an affordable car. I mean, a CTSV, you can't get in it for anything more than 89000 bucks, and the car looks un- like like it's like it's halfway done at 89000 bucks. It just mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's kind of cool looking, but I don't know. It looks like it's 4 by 4 but it's got black wheels. And, <laughs> Right. Why is the splitter so short? Did somebody forget to put something on at the factory? Like, man, what is that? Is that a vent? Why is it painted black and not carbon? Like, mm-hmm. 
they overpriced the car. I mean, the car that you drove was a $123,000 car out the door. It's not worth that. It's, right. it's a $74,000 fully loaded car. Yeah. So do I think that there's a Halo car? No. Cadillac screwed up on that. Um, they didn't create any Halo. There, There's nothing really to aspire to on this. Because you go to an M buyer, you go to an AMG buyer, hey, dude, you want to consider a CTS? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's like before you even get it out of your, out of your mouth. Oh, you can't pull them away from like hardcore AMG and M guys. You can't pull them away. And not to mention the service. You're going to go to yeah. a General Motors dealer where you know that every part in there is in a Chevy Equinox and you're going to pay $100,000 <laughs> for it? No. It's, it's one of GM's big faults. They don't have their own proprietary stuff. You get in a new Mercedes-Benz and AMG, like the new GT type S or R, which I'm a big fan of the S over the R. I don't need the R. The S is just bitching. Mm-hmm. The interior, like, like – it's it's incredible. Yeah, like, yeah. The knobs, everything about it, and, and at Sunset GT, I was I'm in love with the new Vantage. I want the new Vantage. She thinks I'm an old man, but I mean, I, I am compared to her. The uh, the mm-hmm. Vantage, I'm gonna buy one. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the new Vantage because yeah. it's that twin turbo V8. The interior is all AMG. It's reliable. I mean, the the AMG Mercedes quality interior, how can you compare that to a Cadillac when the seats came out of, like, it's from the same Recaro contract that Corvette's on? Mm -hmm. You go inside of one of the new German cars, and you're like, dude, I I could sit in here in my boxers and just feel the leather. But that's the thing. You're totally right about that. And it, but it's super strange to see where Cadillacs come from the first generation CTSV, which is like, I mean... Cheap, cheap times 10. Yeah, it is way cheap. I mean, the little little screen that right. makes the noises it comes up, and it's like it doesn't have Bluetooth interface and programming. Program it's like like something from like Sims 1. Like, it's yeah. crap. <laughs> the new one's but getting close, though. It's getting close. It's, it's, it's getting there, it, at least, yeah. So your, your, your second part of your question was, do you think they're going to come out with a Halo car? Am I right? That, yeah, it was more Grayson, yeah. Okay. There's been, there's been rumors and with the new C8 coming out, which um, the new, which is the new Corvette for you that don't that don't know what the C8 is, which is going to be a small displacement, short stroke, liquid bathed intercooler twin uh, intercooled twin turbo. It's just like the platform that's in the LF4 and the ATSV with the way the turbos shoot the snout straight up, goes into a charge pipe, a little short charge pipe right into liquid bathed intercoolers that are right on top of the intake manifold and throttle bodies, just like their old Eaton supercharger style. So it just goes. Whoosh, right down into them and mm-hmm. it sends the air right through the intercoolers um there's a rumor and who knows what's true but it would make sense because um johan denichin came from from audi i mean he's the reason audi is what it is uh this big behemoth today um that he's going to go all-wheel drive on the ch chassis with the twin turbo six the lf to compete against ford and all the other europeans um all-wheel drive all-wheel steering basically so high cast mm-hmm. and it's going to have a lot of torque vectoring, you know, tricks Goodness. up its sleeves, yeah. but it's going to be a bigger displacement version of this car is engine. So, or this car I'm pointing behind me, like people can see it, the yeah. ATSC, it's in the driveway behind us. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I would rather have that than a rear wheel drive C8 Z06 or something like that. I'd rather have that all wheel drive platform with a light nimble engine. That's high revving with right. turbos. Right. But I mean, that's, it's, the new C8 is pretty damn cool. I mean, we're going to have like a five liter or bigger, Twin turbocharged V8, mm-hmm. mid, mid, total midship car. Like, it's, uh, it's a real competitor. It's it, it's it should be at least you know yeah. a real competitor. So that's going to be a fun car. Um, do you want me to dive into that? Absolutely. I honestly, I've heard up until like a month or two ago when the first uh, confirmed spy shots that mm-hmm. the, okay, the C8 is indeed mid-engine, um, which 
hard to believe, but awesome. Um, yeah, no, please dive in. I'm very interested. I like so, Corvettes. We don't really have a true like spec on displacement, and GM's really good at putting parts out on GM Workbench where you order parts because um, they start pre-filling the system before the car comes out, and you can start if you know if you're really good as a parts guy, you can start searching parts. Um, but they'll do some stuff that's off, off, so it misleads people. It's definitely going to be twin turbocharged. It's going to be water to air intercooled, cooled, just like the ATS-V. Mm-hmm. Um, two big snails on each side, but it's going to have a header collector, not a four-bolt flange like the ATS-V where they're tucked right up against the block from what the CADs look like. The CAD mm-hmm. is already out. Um, and we're getting one of the very first cars. Uh, very thankful to a baseball player in a particular state that has contacted me. I, I sent him some parts for our V3. Uh, our V3 program, which is just springs and suspension and carbon. We don't do anything performance-wise for the V3 mm-hmm. LT4 engine. And he knows that we're turbo guys. So just like with the ATS-V, the, the recipe is going to be the same with this new this new turbo engine for the V8, where the profile is very much the same with the charge pipes and some of the stuff we've played with with the LF4. We're going to do uh, equal-length intake, um, equal-length. I just like to keep geometry and volumetric efficiency as equal as possible. We're doing charge pipes with MPT bungs built in for water meth because let's, let's just face it, octane ratings suck everywhere. You think you're buying 91, you're getting 89. Right. So yeah. the water meth injection, um, we're going to, the most likely KW suspension, we'll be getting the car for some new programs that I can't talk about yet. And then um, we'll be doing some cartridge turbo upgrades. So if the car is making, let's just pick a round number. You know, 650 horsepower, which it can't be because the old car was 650. Let's say mm-hmm. it's just 700, mm-hmm. and the turbos max out in the eight range. Uh, our new turbos will be using the same housings, milled out, bigger fans, everything, and it will be in the, it will be in the, uh, you know, 900 range. Yeah, and then or if not higher, because the turbos actually look pretty big. So we might have a big area to really improve the turbo mm-hmm. because the fans may be limited from the factory on purpose. Oh for, yeah, they, for yeah. all of us hoonigans that can't leave anything stock. Yeah, so. We'll go from there, and then uh, on the injection side, because it's mechanical, um, our contacts over in Germany are going to be same as our, our private contract for the LF4 system that's coming out here. Uh, we can't talk about yet uh, who's who's responsible, but uh, we're going to be having uh, a program built with a dual cam or a dual dual system on the cam to drive two pumps and matched injectors that will deliver you know somewhere between 1,100 and 1,400 horsepower of fuel. So. We will have like the first stupid fast C8 yeah. when it gets here because it's not even getting shipped to the customer. It's it's going directly it's to directly you guys. to us. He's oh, like wow. going there, signing the paperwork, and going get it in the truck, and it's coming straight to us. That is awesome. So dude. within like, I mean, it takes us less than a month to bring all of our parts online because we've been through this now a couple times. So intake, charge pipes, down pipes, full exhaust, everything in less than a month with jigs and first articles onto the car. Then we'll go to suspension won't be driven and then it will go to tuning and telemetry and then the car will go over to the wheel and brake side and then the car will get written up and then somebody like you will drive it and we'll fly you down because i know you'd love to get in that car god yes and um (laughs) we'll we'll ship it back to the client and you know that's all he pays is just whatever cost we've incurred it's not marked up or anything we we eat all the labor so he gets the very first stupid fast version of this brand new car and gets to look at everybody and go i'm faster than you and there's a bunch of value for you guys in that in doing that great for marketing it's huge because i mean for us i mean as a parts manufacturing engineering company like we um 
we want to be able to call someone like you and go, hey, we've got this. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you want to play with it? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I want to play with it. Do you want to see how cool it is? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> it's like calling your friend like in, in like, like elementary school. Bro, I got the big Lego set. What? I'm, I'll be over in five minutes. Mom! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we need to drive a C7 first. We have it. The last Corvette we drove was a, uh, a uh, Stroker C6 Z06. Uh-huh. All NA build, which is unreal. Um, very different from, I would imagine, like a C7 Z06. While you're here, uh, you might want to go hit up uh, Gev Power. Gev's a great guy. Um, he's the original, the original guy that really made, in my opinion, all of D3's parts. Um, D3 Cadillac back in the day when they were a, a big a big force to be reckoned with with Cadillac mm-hmm. um, in the early V2 days. And he's, he's privateer now, and he owns his own shop, and he makes incredibly good product um install is second to none for the v2 and i mean he knows the car literally like every nook cranny wire in and out he's he's the guy and he's right here in signal hill he's not far away and i'm in he'll blow your mind he's like his shop car's badass the yeah. patriot missiles here uh patriot the, missile that sounds the most american thing we've heard while we've been down here it's alan cohen's car <laughs> uncle alan i'm talking to you i love you you just you're just amazing you're just my favorite person uncle alan is that your new york accent yeah nice so Alan's <laughs> Alan's just amazing, great hospitality. I've been out there a couple times with Gev in in the in recent history, and uh, just he's just amazing guy, uh, electrical contractor in uh, New York City. So he's got a V two that's um, he's like one of the head uh, NASA instructors. So for I think SST two class and all the high horsepower stuff, and he built a basically a GT one car out of a four door sedan V two, mm-hmm. and it's. It's a get power car. Car is fantastic, but we'll get you his information. And he's just around the corner. You guys, are, he's he's great. You guys love him. Grayson, so. we have way too much stuff to do. That's we have I, a week oh, and a I half know. left here, and we like it's crunch time. We thought that like as the time was coming to the end of, <laughs> of our trip, that we were kind of like going through our checklist of the things we wanted to film and get done. Mm-hmm. And I just find that that list is just growing longer yeah. instead of shorter. Like, you yeah. go out on one shoot, and then you have two contacts to go and film in the future, and then you got to get that, that scheduled. And, yeah. No, it, it's been great. It's, it's been uh, really good. It's only going to keep growing, guys. I mean, there's just – and I think you guys are coming in at the right time, especially if you can – I mean, let us know what we can do to get you here because Matt Farah is not doing videos anymore. That video he put out that he's going to stop one day. Mm-hmm. He's going to do reviews, but when's that going to happen? I mean, not as much content as before. Seldom. I think only and, for press cars now, yeah. Yeah, press cars, and uh, which I'm thankful to Matt because his his review on my car, even <laughs> though it was so negative, and as I'm learning with media because I am not social media. She makes fun of me all the time. She's like, yeah, well, you can make fun of me right now if you'd like, because I don't even post things right. <laughs> I had to show you how to take a picture today. <laughs> yeah, nice. Typical engineer. Um, yeah, I don't hashtag anything, or I don't know how to tag people. Oh, I don't I just either. Don't honestly, care. like I'm just I like, should. hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going fast. Or here's my dog. Um, We're gonna try and catch you, Arena. <laughs> Matt Far. <laughs> Matt Far's review did so much for us with the car in the beginning because right. negativity for some reason breeds more 
response or I mean, it's just like magnetism. Mm-hmm. If you're negative towards a car or something, people are just like, what, what, why is it so bad? It's almost like they're in disbelief. Well, it's more we, controversial. And when something's more yeah. controversial, it's, it brings a lot of attention and a lot of passionate people to the conversation. They, we, I mean, our website blew up overnight. I mean, we were getting, I mean, like the Dubai was like a giant red circle, like on our, on our, uh, our dashboard for That's who was hitting so our cool. website. We're like, what the, <laughs> it was awesome. So, um, I mean, that was like the very first generation of test car too. I mean, mm-hmm. that car just lived on the track and lived on the track and lived on the track. And it was just, it was not refined. It mm-hmm. had a great suspension system, as he said, but I mean, it had great corner turning, but sauce note was terrible. I mean, it was just like, I mean, there, I even told him like, don't show the intakes, like just drive right. the car. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you asked me for four months for the car. Like here, here it is. Like yeah. take it for what it is. She's ugly, but she's fun. I mean, so she's Butterface, you know, we'll just, just call her that back then. But she's giggling <laughs> over there. <laughs> you had some nasty comeback. <laughs> Hit it, girl. <laughs> no, I <don't. laughs> That's too bad. Too bad for the radio. Huh? <laughs> she's like, no, honey, we're, we're on a podcast. Radio is for old people. <laughs> um, hey, you never know. Maybe we just didn't tell you this is live right now. I'm cool with it. Super <laughs> cool with it. So what do you think of that V-band you have in your hand, that blow-off valve? This is pretty cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's, what do you want me to say? It looks like a blow-off valve. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't look like an HKS, you know, it doesn't have any like l- big logos on it. Or try anything. to push in the, the piston with your finger. What here? Uh, bottom side, the part that actually articulates. You're showing me how to work a fucking blow-off valve right now. Just, just, there you go. Feel how it's smooth like butter? Ooh, that's nice. It's not a diaphragm style like an HKS or... Right, right. What is this on? Synchronic. It's, what the fuck it, does that mean? I would love to explain it, and I should be able to, because that's what I do is build things so people get more speeding tickets. Um, but that's uh, Synapse product. Uh, they're, they're local. They're in San Diego. Um, the engineer there, just he's brilliant. He knows his shit, and he mm-hmm. makes the best, the, the best stuff. And how I got... Turned on his, um, turned on to um, Synapse, my best friend's company, Arcworks, uh, Tito Garrido. Uh, if you guys don't know uh, where to find good fab work or get jigs done or first articles for you industry guys out there, go to Arcworks. It's uh, on Instagram. His name's Tito, or just contact me. Um, he used to work for for Synapse for a little while, doing doing some sampling stuff, and I had a tile contract, or I was not a contract, but I was buying from tile for right. my parts. And I had four sets of diaphragms lock up in the cars. Brand new. That's not good. Out of the box. That'll like blow a hole in an intercooler. And they locked up. But I'm, I'm lucky because they locked in the up position, not on the down position. Right. And there we mic'd them and all of them were off spec from each other. That means that the tooling was, was not true. And uh, that's not okay with me. And I started searching for something different. And I just switched over to Tito's company for, to do uh, my, my first article. Uh, creation and jig so I could go into production on stuff because I design it and then he looks at it and goes well you're an idiot in this area and this area because it's not feasible in manufacturing to do this so we need to change this he's the guy who puts my drawings to 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 light like actually making the actual article first that's article so cool yeah and then once yeah. we test it he makes the jig around it or, or modifies it and then we can go okay let's run a production run of a, 150 units or 200 units here in the US mm-hmm. um, he's like hey I've, I've got this contract it or, I mean, I've got this contact. Uh, I know the owner of Synapse really well. They make really good product. And I honestly didn't understand this at all. I was like, why? I don't know this technology. Like, I was like anybody else in the turbo world. I was like, 
bro, it's all about HKS sequential, bro. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. This sound, no, this, no. And uh, he's like, oh, you got to check it out. So the owner came out, and we talked, and I looked at his product, and he showed me. He actually explained to me what everything is because there's, mm-hmm. so there's so much information on his website. And I was like, this is what I need because the new cars, they're not ran on vacuum pressure from the valley or dry pressure from the exhaust side for the wastegate and the blow-off valve anymore. It's all synthetic. It's all run on, on valves, electronic like paintball gun valves right. that are building boost and shedding boost and opening, opening the blow-off valve and shutting the wastegate and overspinning the turbocharger to gain, you know, gain this or that. It's, it's really for emissions, but it's also for bettering performance and making the engine feel linear and bringing on boost faster so mm-hmm. that people are happier with it, which I like lag because it's fun. But I, yeah, I make that argument all the time. Most people don't. They're not like us. They're yeah. just weird. They're like <laughs> mouth, mouth breathers of the car consumer world. Yeah. So I ended up putting these on the car. Uh, we use a diverter valve on our, on our kits, but the piece that you have is something that he's been working on for a long time, the owner of Synapse. Uh, this is the new R35. This is rated at 1,200 horsepower, that little tiny guy right there. It's triple vent, and it's made 100% of billet aircraft aluminum here, made here in California. And that is the valve we run on the ATSV for atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in California, of course. We don't make anything. We don't sell anything. And I've got to be careful about this because we don't do anything in California when it comes to emissions. We don't even sell product here. Can you, Wait, are you saying you can't vent to atmosphere no. legally in California? No. Why not? Illegal. That makes zero sense to me. Because you're killing trees, bro. How, though? And it's clean air. There, there's, a, there's a pond somewhere in Northern California dying because of, <laughs> of, your, of your vent to atmosphere blow-off valve. Oh, that frustrates me. So if I bring my MR2 down here and just like... You're exempt just, because you're, just, you're, not, you're, not, you're transient. You're not right, citizen. Right. You, so you're going to come and go... But, can can I put this on my MR2 though? Yes. If there's if there's an adapter or whatever. To, yes, I'm okay. sure I know a guy that can get you a deal. That's dope. <laughs> That's yeah. Sweet. If you want blow-up valves, I'll send you blow-up valves because yours is a twin, right? No, it's a single. Single. Yeah, two two liter. Just yeah. Let me know. That'd so be sick. yeah, this is what we're using. It's got the trick uh, the trick V band style, and I mean this is the type of product that that I want mm-hmm. on our cars, and just trying to make exemplary product and represent it well and. Uh, kudos to Synapse for changing the game. If you if nobody's heard of Synapse, you need to look at them. They're they are the best. And it looks awesome. Reasons. It feels really cool. That's yeah, badass it's stuff. Nifty. So, so what are your guys' plan? What, what what are you gonna do next? <sighs> what are we gonna do next? What like this weekend or like next year? Uh, well, you're still here. Like, what's what's the plan? Okay, tomorrow here next year. Uh, next year, spend more time here. That's next year's plan. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, tomorrow we're heading off to Magnuson Superchargers. Sweet. Uh, they're going to give us a, we were already there before. We got a quick tour or whatever. I met the guys over there. Um, and they're going to give us a full shop tour we're going to get an interview and see the process cause they have all mm-hmm. these crazy like CNC machines and like yeah. nutty stuff. Uh, and then we're going to drive their supercharged forerunner in That'd the afternoon. Cool. It's like 340 or 350 <clears throat> at the wheels or it, so. It started with the Camaro. The Camaro turned into a Corvette. Corvette turned into Forerunner, but as of right now, we're filming a Forerunner. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't go yeah. anything lower. But yeah. well, actually, yeah. um, you guys really haven't dived into this yet. But California, we're big on our off-road. I mean, Tacomas and Forerunners, long-traveled or four-linked. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's off-road, it doesn't matter if it's a diesel truck or a VW Bug. We're going to off-road it. And our, our off-road scenes pretty big here considering we, yeah, go ahead considering okay. there's an off-roading mazda miata team i wouldn't be surprised what yeah that's a thing legit <laughs> yeah they race from like small towns to small towns and stuff in uh out in, like silver lakes hollandale area past atlanta wow. i didn't even think of that like 
Are these guys yeah. like what are they like V eight swaps all wheel drive <laughs> or just lifted big tire kind of builds kind of like that? Oh yeah, they monster truck their Lumiatas. They're like oh, Mad Max. That's awesome. We want, well one of the things we wanted to do while we were out here uh, was I was I had another shoot lined up with Raleigh and his Ford Raptor. Uh-huh. So he'd done a few new things to it. <clears throat> um, that engine, uh, I think it blew a rod or something. Anyways, the engine's gone. The engine just blew up. Um, and we were going to take that jumping in the desert because he takes that off jumps in the desert. Mm-hmm. And I've never been to a real desert before. Um, I don't think I've been off of the ground. Like, I don't think I've been in a vehicle with all four wheels off the ground for more than like a second right. before. But anyways, that's, that's probably most likely not going to happen. Um, but that's, that's one of the things about California. Like We didn't just come here to do you know, your Evos and STIs on tarmac mm-hmm. around the streets, right? We want to experience it all. And that includes street racing. Yeah. Thank you, Arena. Allegedly. Alle- yes. Allegedly. We were in. Definitely allegedly. Guys, just, just for just just for the you know, the podcast, we were in Tijuana. Okay? Yes. We were not in the US. We actually filmed somebody recently in who Tijuana. actually thought we were in Mexico. Oh perfect. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> like we always say like on our um, like if we're doing something or we're referring to something, we'll say like this wasn't done in Canada, this was done in Mexico. Like this is you know kind of thing. And obviously it's not in Mexico. Well, you know you would think you would obviously think because it's like trees, forests. Like this is like green, like you know yeah. West Coast kind of like you see the ocean and everything like that. But we filmed with somebody who had a uh, race inspired weight reduction uh, Rav Four. What the f- <laughs> oh, dude, you, you guys are gonna love this video. Really, all wheel uh, drive rad for a front wheel drive. And like, it j- just so happened that he question. he contacted <laughs> us because he thought we were in Mexico filming. So he contacted us thinking, oh, well, if they're in Mexico, it's only a two hour drive up from here. So I'll give him a um, give him a call. So he didn't he didn't even know that we were coming to L.A. He just assumed we were in Mexico. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that, isn't I that amazing? Yeah, I think yeah, I broke something inside my head. Like I laughed so. <laughs> You're like I'm broken. I'm yeah. Rick and broken. Right. Yeah, I sent yeah. an email. It's just like, oh, you guys are so close. You're so close, so close by. Um, but Shit. yeah. Yeah, I got it. Maybe you know who will probably take you out and show you a, a good time. Um, I don't know these guys uh, very closely, but they seem to always be down for some total hooning. There's a guy on Instagram called Dune Whore. Um, Great name. It's he has some cool shit. He's got a diesel off road 2500. It's full chase truck, mm-hmm. long traveled four wheel drive. I mean, the truck's just sick. It's black and gold. It's bitching. And then the company that, that he gets a lot of his stuff made, which they are like the forerunner or in, in the market, in my opinion, as a previous off-road guy. I've done some Bajas, um, is Kibitek with a K. And they are, they've been on Hoonigan, and they just make some stuff. My hat's off to them. I mean, because there's one thing to make on-road cars. Mm-hmm. And with the abusive drivetrain and, and you know road conditions, there's something completely different when you're – engineering product to go off-road and you're thinking to yourself well if my customer hits another car or a rock at 120 going across something in the desert in an 8,000 pound diesel truck i need to figure out a way that it doesn't tear off the whole front end but it has a weak link but yet is strong enough to take the abuse but then when it breaks it takes the wheel and the a arm and a control arm with it and doesn't take the whole steering rack with it right so how do i do this like those guys, they're on a different level of engineering and dynamics. They're almost like military grade. Mm-hmm. And California, that's us. Like off-road, it's bigger than on-road stuff. 
I believe it. Suspension and chassis stuff for off-road. It's really what I mean. You got, you got the big all the, all the big sand car companies here that sell to Dubai and all you know mm-hmm. the Emirates and Saudi and stuff. They're all here in Corona, so just bug me tomorrow. I'll send you some contacts. Absolutely. So, if not this time, next time. Yeah, um, for sure. Did you go to Accelerated Racing? Did you meet them at Roll Race? I T- don't believe Tiana, so. Brandon Webb. They had the black ATSV and uh, an LS swapped uh, old school uh, Mustang with an LS in it. No, I didn't yeah. see either of those cars. That, did you see those at Roll? I, I saw some sweet Cadillacs, but I didn't talk to anybody. Okay, they're they're a really, really fast growing, good company out in Ranch Cucamonga. They mm-hmm. do their own dyno tuning and install, and it's a husband wife team, and total cars car people, good people, and they have some interesting stuff. I mean, you can, I'll give you their number. You call them. They're 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 great. So they they have an ATSV, probably one of the fastest in the area, and Tiana drives it. It's six speed manual. Ooh, nice. It's a unicorn car. So uh, Tito built that car as well. So, but uh, yeah, you, you okay over there? Mm-hmm. You dying? We no. can wrap it up. It's been a it's been a long ass show. This is approaching, uh, and we can always do another one before we leave if you uh, guys cool. are down. I'm down. Absolutely. Uh, whatever. Absolutely. Cool. So we can go get some beer somewhere. Man. Yeah, get some beer. Yeah. I don't know what's around here, so we don't get shot. Uh yeah, no, we gotta <laughs> we gotta yeah. wear my game colors. Shoot in the morning, so I'm probably head to bed here relatively early. But all right, we'll do it up. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks, James. Thanks, Arena, for being on the show. It's nice being here. No problem. I, I'm love having you guys down here, and hopefully, we can get you guys as permanents here in the U.S. and make you uh, American citizens because I think you guys would add to our our good car culture down Let's here. Let's not get carried away here. <laughs> You're like <laughs> one step at a time. You know, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Permanent I residence, mean. I would love. <clears throat> Citizenship, we can wait a little while. She's, she's a citizen. Heck she, yeah. She went through it all. Although I did buy that American flag up there specifically to hang in this house for when we're down here. That's cool. Because, you know, I figured while we're down here, you know, just dive right in. Well, next time you guys rent, let me know because I'll get you something Costa Mesa. Yeah, like Newport, so you're near the beach. It's not too bad down there. So absolutely. Hopefully by next year, man, when you come down, we'll have a much bigger pad and or a big warehouse with guest quarters. Tito and I are talking about that. We're cool. Uh, I know we're supposed to end, but we're looking at a a place in Huntington Beach, a seven thousand square foot warehouse, wow, uh, with its own parking, thirty car parking, and we're going to actually look at buying a location from a mechanic shop that's retiring out and he's moving out of state, and we're going to build guest quarters there. So yeah, for yeah, guys yeah. that come in out of state with cars or journalists that want to come in and they can just stay at the shop and do the the full Paul Walker. So, right. Yeah. So we'll, I we'll love that. That sounds amazing. I think it, it just like, it doesn't cost us anything and there's nights that we stay at the shop. There's no point to drive home. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense, but podcast thank, studio, everything. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks yeah. for taking the jump last year and coming down here blind. I mean, you know, some crazy guy on YouTube go, or emailing you going, Hey, come down, you stay at my yeah. house. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was fun. And, and I hope that your guys' channel grows and yeah. hopefully we can, we can do more collaborations, the four of us. Yeah. So, I'm Thanks excited again. to see what happens, especially on our next trip. Like this, um, th- this trip was more of like a test run more than anything else. Kind of mm-hmm. saying, I'll oh, take a month, see what we can get, you know, film as much as we can, see if it's profitable, see what kind of returns we see, um, see how much our channel grows from it. So I'm excited to really see kind of how this takes off and uh, what we can do in the future. How much, uh, how much media have you guys captured? I mean, a ton, or is it just like a good amount, or is it just like holy crap, we've got so much work, it's unreal. 
the other day we shot a hundred. We shot from nine a.m. till about eleven p.m. and we had about a hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty gigabytes. Yeah. So you have a ton of. Oh yeah, we. Like, how many gigabytes now? Like over. Well, I don't know. I got yeah, to take a look. Matter. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's it, a lot. It's yeah, like to do more than like two full features in a day is quite tiring. Unless you're shooting at the exact same road, the exact same location, and you kind of line up three different cars, you know, so it's all ready to go, so there's no travel time, nothing like that, then you can do more than two. But, like, if you do two full features, two different locations, that takes an entire day from morning to late afternoon. Mm -hmm. So, like, that, that, you're worn out after a day like that. Like, you know, you usually need a little bit to kind of, like, regenerate, eat some healthy food that's not, like, you know, just fast food or whatever Mm -hmm. like that. Um, but so, I mean, like best case scenario, if you view it like that, if you are, if we're here for 30 days, we would have 60 videos, like 60 full features. But of course that's wow. not the case. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we have a good variety of, um, kind of event videos as well as features, um, and stuff like that. So we'll have to actually sit down and take a look. Like it doesn't look like that much when you look at a computer. I mean, like you can take a look at our channel and a year's worth of content is like on one page, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not a whole lot of, it, visually it's not a whole lot, but when you actually dive into how much you actually covered, it's, there's quite a bit there. It's going to be awesome to see your videos and I mean, kind of stocking what you guys are doing. It's, it's cool to see all the different stuff you got into. I mean, it's just the variety is, is awesome and just interesting cars mm-hmm. that really reflect the character of the owner. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think it, I think it's kind of what makes Californian car people Californian car people. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah, just the character reflects into their build, and, and everybody's build is cool. Yeah, you know, it's we all have our opinions, but it's all dependent on your personality and your budget. Yeah. So it's, it's neat to see what we have. So and with that, everybody listening right now, get your asses down to California, Southern California specifically. Come Although see us. San Francisco is pretty dope too, but. Can't drive there. No. <laughs> you have a lowered car? Good luck. You're going to get high centered or rip off the front end. Yeah. Yeah. Come to LA, you guys. Uh, yeah. Thanks again. All right. That's the show, you guys. Um, where's the best place people can follow you at? Want to answer that? Um, for me, it would be on Instagram. Um, the username is underscore O R Y N A underscore. And you run the social media. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're the manager babe you, you're the boss you tell it what's your social media well they're not gonna follow me they're gonna follow the company well all right so my personal is uh at rp underscore dex so that's rp underscore dex and then the company is at renick r-e-n-i-c-k underscore performance so it's at renick perf- underscore performance Boom. You guys, check them out. Follow them. Uh, all these videos that we're talking about, we're going to align these podcast release releases, hopefully with the videos roughly that we're shooting here. Uh, so, yeah, hit us up, youtube.com slash roadsandtraveled, uh, roadsandtraveled.com. And, yeah, you can find all the, all the good stuff. You can check out uh, James and Arena on the show. All right. See you guys next time. See ya. See ya.